Hey, this is Comet Fixed by the Glick. And I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. What's going on, man? Hey, John. Well, it's like, what's going on is not what I talked about last time. Because, well, previously I said that, hey, you know, it's like, I'm going to see if I can talk about Dark Knight's Metal, DC's latest um, universe-ending crossover event. And um, I'm not going there. No, I'm not. It's like, no! Oh, I'm just kidding. No, All right. no it's like, it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like it it will happen, just not now because it didn't arrive in time and all. But it did arrive, so it's here, and I will do it next time. Yeah, but um, before then, well, I've got a series that like I I figured like, hey, you know, this sounds like a promising title I can talk about at some point, like as a, as a backup title. And hey, you know, that time is now. And that? yeah, that series is um Jim Henson's Labyrinth Coronation. Because, well, like, I mean, I guess, John, before you... Of the, this is based off of the movie? Yes. It's like the movie, the movie from the 80s, movies that we that we saw as kids. And, well, I saw it as a kid, and it didn't give me nightmares for some reason. But imagine they get a lot of other kids' nightmares. All right. So this is... Uh, when was this made, then, this um, this story? This is a 12-issue maxi-series um, published by Boom Studios back in 20, 2018. And the whole reason I decided to pick it up was because Amazon was running a buy two, get one free sale. And, you know, it's like, God, God knows I'm a sucker for like, you know, that, those kinds of things. Cause Amazon's like deals are kind of crap the, these days. And, um, but the main reason I decided to buy it, you know, in addition to, you know, that buy two, get one free sale is the fact that this, this is, this, uh, Mexi series is coming from one of my favorite writers um these days, Simon Spurrier. Spurrier, if you recall, is the man who took over from Kieran Gylan for Doc, like for Doctor Afra. It's like and decided, and the guy who thought like, hey, you know what? Why don't we don't want to like sure like Doctor Afra is all about like making like science fiction and archaeological discoveries in the Star Wars universe, but I want to dig into like her character and find out why she's like you know such, she's kind of such a bastard who will sell her friends out at, at a moment's notice, and that was that led to some really good stories out there and some of the darkest star wars storytelling i've seen in recent memory he's also the man who did a um x-force series yeah that obviously i dare to ask hey you know maybe cables like you know guns blazing approach isn't like the right way to do a uh, a proper um military um mutant forward series and then there's um his like x-men legacy um um series which basically like dare to make a uh do a 24 issue run that basically like positioned um legion as his main character and rather than like diving headfirst in commercial suicide actually did a um like really really good character dive into the series that saw him tell the character written out of continuity for a little while like until they said hey you know what we kind of want to bring him back but my point is that um spurrier is a character who um is it's, he's a writer who will do um who, who when he's like given a, a franchise um like a character character or um, team to write, he'll try to find a uh, a new interesting angle on it, something that um, we haven't considered before. And um, and so like so when I hear that you know oh he's um he did a like a twelve issue on labyrinth series, well you know it's like I that is something that is relevant to my interests and I am going to go check it out. Now for those for the uninitiated, labyrinth is a uh, it's like it's a late '80s movie, um, like one like a directed by directed by um Jim Henson, father of the Muppets, and um 
it's like and it is it is a story about the world's worst worst babysitter now i'm 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 only slightly exaggerating but it's about a girl like girl named girl named sarah who's like like a teenager who was like you know kind of resentful of her like like of her um like her, her newly married father's life and she's got and one day she gets stuck with um like looking after looking after her stepbrother um her stepbrother baby toby and she basically just like decides to like wish him away to um the goblin king that lives in her like in her fan, fan, fantasy realm she's concocted with her in mind well turns out that um the goblin king decides to res- to respond to this and take decides to take toby away for her like like at, like in order to like, like accede to her whims and um he basically and when and when she uh, realizes that no this is like not something i want this is like this is actually kind of bad well he gives her 13 hours to go through his labyrinth in order to um get it's like in order to get toby back now this labyrinth the movie it's like it's something that that a lot of people have like lots of fond memories for it's like and it's mainly down to a couple things one is the fact that this is like jim henson like again his like just completely unchained like from just like like a sense of like you know like the uh the friendly friendly um family friendly humorous like muppets um style humor like this is him just like you know like being able to create just like really weird and creepy stuff that it's like that represents that represents like um people like you know your inner your inner psyche it's like and also just like you know really really weird and like dangerous stuff it's like which is like at one point when you've got like a, a drill coming down to like like kill like to kill sarah and her it's like and one of her goblin goblin companions it's like it's just it's just so strange and it's like an out there that even if the story just kind of feels like it's like there to like you know together like weirdness it's like like it's memorable just because like how different it is and the other thing is the fact that you know the goblin king was played by none other than the late great david bowie someone who like who like or who he's plays he plays the goblin king um jareth it's like and he and um he is just like like uh, like utterly char- charismatic and like and dazzling as he holds the, holds the seat the screen whenever whenever he shows up it's like it's like a lot of the uh the charm of this movie like rests on his uh, is held together by his his charisma it's like in his it's like and his in the songs he did for like for the film so so like you know this is like this is a film like you know maybe not as good as you remember but like is still like memorable just for being like so different like from everything else at the time and to be honest like there's still nothing else that's quite quite as weird and and out it's like an out there as well so that that's kind of like why labyrinth like you know like still holds a still holds like a certain amount of thrall over like you know everyone who saw it back in the 80s which includes me which way back in the oh my god i think it was like in the second grade not second grade um third or fourth grade i think um, when i saw this in in grade school and i still and even though like i rewatched recently for this podcast like there are still some bits in there that i think yeah i remember this it's like wow why do i remember this it's goddamn strange that's why but as far as like labyrinth coronation goes well it basically i uh, take takes a uh, a pretty like um cantonist premise like for the like like for its setup and it basically and it basically does is here to tell us you know the origin of jareth the goblin king 
and it's being told in parallel to the uh, story story from the to the events of the film and it's like basically it centers around a um like a goblin um beetle glum it's like who um is it's like who um jared you know his name just can't remember his name and um he's it, he's you know here to like and beetle glum is like taking care of toby it's like like as like as the events of the film are like are progressing but um Jareth also decides to like, you know, take this time to tell Toby about this other like um boy. It's like who um it's like who like who came to the labyrinth um centuries before. It's like in the in the seventeen hundreds. It's like the son of son of a girl of a um girl named Maria and a count named Albert. Basically, Albert was a uh, was a count who was on the run, like from responsibility. It's like from basically from whatever whatever his dad wanted wanted him to do. To the to the point where he had basically kind of like was basically play married, basically play marrying with um, Maria, a uh, it's like a, like a laundress, it's like a, a poor, like basically a poor like um nobody, it's like and it's like and she, it's like and you know they were they were genuinely in love up until the point when Albert's dad finally gets word to his son that you know boy come back now or I'm cutting you off. And well, Albert being the man that he is, um, like basically cuts things off with Maria. But what um, thing is though is that Albert has also been plagued by visions of like weird creatures, goblins, if you will. And it's like, and as and even though it's like you know, and he realizes that you know, hey, if there's a uh, if he comes back to his dad with this kid, then you know, it's like there's think things are gonna get awkward. So as um so even though Albert gives like you know the order to um his his right hand man to like you know take care of the son take care of um, Maria and like and her son, well like he's also being played by the goblins at the same time, and so he basically says I I wish you would take the you would take my son away, and there we go. But this being labyrinth of like some three hundred years previous, it's not being ruled over by the goblin king. It's being ruled over by the Owl King, and the, and um, when like when Maria plunges into the water with her son, like as she's being chased, well, she winds up in the labyrinth, but the uh, but only to be at the mercy of the Owl Owl King, who takes her son and throws her back to the back back to the to the present day. And it isn't until um, it's like she Maria begs him after Albert rejects her later later on that he decides to give her the same 13 hour treatment that we got from Sarah. It's like for the movie. So that's kind of what Labyrinth um, coronation is. It's basically, you know, the same kind of like, you know, setup in the sense that, you know, like a, uh, like a woman is chasing after a, it's like, like they're, they're a young boy to, um, like to, to get, to get them back. But there's a lot of stuff that's, different here because like there's the whole like um mother-son dynamic um that that maria has with like with her kid and um it's like and it's heavily implied that yeah it's like that her that her son is is going to grow up to be jareth but um how does that happen well that's kind of like the the key mystery it's like of like of this series but um as best things go along well you know like there's all sorts of weirdness like in this like like in the series 
here to behold, such as um, just Sir Scubbin. He is a goblin, um, cursed with a noble heart, someone who wants to um, be like a um, grand, grand um, robber of the Badlands, but just can't do it because he's so nice and so like involved in this code of chivalry and all. And then there's the uh, Tangle, a uh, a sentient um like thornbush that is menaced by um by goblin flies and it's like in its innards, but just wants to be hugged and hug everyone, even though it is like quite thorny. It's like and just like you know giving like a thorny thing giving hugs like it's just not to be had. And um, then there's Sybil, a worm who believes in like in like social justice for all goblin kind, even though she's, you know, about like two or three inches tall. And um, even though like her reputation, like her reputation is more dictated by, uh, oh, um, what, what's what I'm, what am I looking for here? Her reputation is more dictated by, um, ah, I can't, I can't remember. It's like, it's, it's something, that, it's something that's given more by, uh, by dictation more than anything else. So there, there you go. Like there, so it's a, uh, it's definitely like a different, different cat, different um, kind of cast, cast of characters here. But there's also like, um, like, like um, the same kind of weirdness in the, uh, like, it's like in the, uh, in the course of the series as well, such as um, Maria, it's like, I'm um, chasing over her, like, like I'm being chasing over these bridges, like that are turned, Termed as like the bridges are overturned because they get burned up after she leaves. But oh, like is she? Um, but they maybe that may be reversed if she's um revealed to be um Bundergast the Invincible, the uh, leader of the uh, revolution, um being um like fostered by goblin by goblin kind. Oh, and it turns out that the Owl King, well, he's got his plans like for the kid, but he's also got um connections to um Beetleglum, the uh, like that um. The goblin who was I'm um, watching Toby in the present day. Oh, and uh, connection to one of the uh, main character, one of um, Maria's main sidekicks as well. There's a lot of like you know clever weird stuff here that definitely feels like it would be a, of a piece like um with with the movie. Like at, also at the point where um it's like where Maria comes in contact with like the person who was designed who's been tasked with building um, the Owl King's um, crypt, but um, has to deal with the uh, all the um, other residents it's like of the uh, graveyard that, that were kicked out in order to build um, this crypt as well. You know, that, that, that kind of stuff. It's like, it's, it's good, weird, funny, funny stuff that has a distinctly British flair to it, you know, as, as it would. But, uh, but I guess compared to, um, what I tend to expect from Spurrier when um, he does, when he tackles like corporate owned stuff, it's not quite as, as different or as um, it's like, like, or, or as strange as that, as you would expect. Cause you know, it's like, it's like I said, um, his stuff with Dr. Afra, and that's the, um, I, that's the thing I keep, that keeps him back to me. And like, it's like in recent memory, just like, I'm just kind of surprised at just how dark that got for, like for Star Wars, and um, there's nothing here that kind of um like hits like those those same same notes here. Maybe that's because you know Labyrinth is already pretty weird and strange here, and this and um his his sensibilities match up pretty well with that. It could also be because that well, you know, though I say that um Spurrier is like like um wrote this series. Well, I guess I've kind of been 
lying to you guys a little bit. Well, because it turns out that, well, Spurrier, um, well, he, he is basically supplied the story that um, the series rests upon. He only fully wrote um, the first six issues of this, like of the series. After that, um, another writer, um, Ryan Ferrier, um, took over, most likely because Spurrier was got busy with um, stuff like Doctor Afra and um, like and and other image titles like um, like Angelic. So, so and to his credit, um, like when the uh, changeover happens, um, Ferrier's um, like writing isn't like doesn't strike me as being too dissim dissimilar from like uh, like from like from Spurrier. So there's that, and I definitely kind of appreciate that. But um, part of me kind of wonders if um, Spurrier like would have been able to like um, land the series a bit better had he been like working um working working from his own story here, because when you get to the end, well, it's like you kind of expect like an answer to the whole like you know well like this this kid like Maria's kid like it is she is is he actually Jareth? Did he actually grow up? Like you know, to be the Goblin King. Well, there's some. There's a lot of equivocation. There's a nice bit of like, like, of his supposition as far as like you know what actually happened. What would actually happen if, like, uh, like if Maria um, returned to the re to the real world, and also like like Jareth, you know, like offering his own explanation as to like you know what happened to the boy. Well, let me tell you, and uh, it's a lot of like. You know, supposition and speculation. Even though it's like, I do think that the uh, the final couple pages like are kind of like interesting counterpoint to these, like to the series. Because well, um, while Sarah chose to return turn to the real real world, but also you know, like brought some of the labyrinth with her. Maria, well, she uh, she had her she had her own choice to make. It's like, and it's kind of interesting to see that you know she chose fantasy over reality, which was. Which is definitely, which is something you don't see. It's like in the, like, like in these kinds of series. So, over, so I guess, like overall, it's like I guess, like it's a, it's a, it's a decent enough like, like story to be told. I just kind of wish that it had like a more solid ending, in the sense that you know it offered like I guess more a big, bigger and better twist twists than I was expecting. Um the art though is pretty solid coming from from Daniel Bayless. It's like in, in Irene Flores over the course like over the course of the run. It's like it's got it it, it has a um has a good handle on the uh, look look of the look of the movie. It's like and they do do a very solid approximation of like of David Bowie's look, which is kind of like, you know the main thing that matters here. It's like but it also like captures a like, good good sense of the surreality of it's like of Jim Henson's vision. It's like which, which is also like which is also just as important. So yeah, it's like the art is good. And I guess, well, it's like the biggest problem when it comes to um recommending this to fans of like Labyrinth the movie and um general comics fans in general, well, is the price. Because yeah, I told you I got this series as a uh it's like as a buy two get one free sale on Amazon. Well, the thing is that um, Labyrinth Coronation only exists in three um, hardcover um, volumes, each of which um, will run you set you back twenty five bucks as it is. So you're talking about a uh, 
like a $75 cover price investment like if you can't find find a sale like on these volumes and um is is the story that good <laughs> no no it's not to be fair very few things are like worth like 75 bucks for, like 12 issues worth of comics and um looking at uh comicsology it's like the uh it's like the they will set you back um like these like um four issue collections will set you back like 12 bucks each but you can also get like each of these um each individual issue for like um a dollar ninety nine each. So to be honest, yeah, you're worth it's worth um it's it's probably worth picking up I don't know this series um in digital form in single issue format. Cause you know it's like well I could justify um I could justify paying like like that that sale price to myself for all three volumes. So I think hey, you know, this could make a good podcast at some point, yeah, which I hope it is so far. But um, but as it is, it's like you know buying buying everything at cover price. Oh no! And unfortunately, there does not seem to be a like a twelve issue collection collection of this like um for sale like for sale right now, which is kind of disappointing because if this is being sold for like say okay, I guess there's for like thirty five bucks, then yeah, I guess I could recommend it at that. But um. As it is, it's like its current like um three hardcover edition format is just way too expensive for me to recommend to this beyond anyone but like the hardest of hardcore labyrinth fans. But that being said, it's like hey, if you're a hardcore labyrinth fan who isn't aware of like this, then yeah, it's like I'd recommend it. Um, I just think that you know, as someone who respects the vision of the movie, but um um absolutely adores um, what Simon Spurrier tends to bring to his um, work, work for hire projects, it what probably isn't quite as good as as I was hoping, to be honest. So, there you go, um, John. It's like you hear this, and uh, you got any thoughts on your end about any of this? Well, I think you pretty much outlined it fairly well. Um, you know, with uh, respect to the. Um availability if you're it sounds like if you're a hardcore labyrinth fan you may want to you want to um go after those volumes um but if not if in, in its current format this yeah. is definitely one for the one for the converted yeah right right exactly so but fascinating nonetheless um and uh and and pretty cool but uh yeah that's that's pretty much all i have for it do you know what you're going to be talking about next time yeah, because you know, it's like now that I have um like Dark Knight's um death metal in my collection, it's like I will definitely be talking about that, as well as you know, I guess whatever supplemental um one shots need to be talked about in order to fully understand its plot, which well, we'll see how that goes. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Click. All right, later's. <laughs>